the George Brassy podcast is made possible with funding provided from Brassy Global Strategies, LLC, a leading political consulting, public policy, government affairs, and research firm. Are you interested in running for elected office? Need advice? Call or email George, 708-769-5015. Brassy Global Strategies 1 at gmail.com. Don't let a DUI charge ruin your life. Get a professional and confidential evaluation from our experienced team at True Heights Treatment. Our evaluations are accepted by the majority of courts in the state of Illinois and provide a comprehensive assessment of your substance use patterns and potential treatment needs. Get the help you need today and start your path to a brighter future. Contact us now to schedule your evaluation at 708-248-7039 or at THTDUI.com. Hey, everybody. I'm so glad to welcome back return guest, Dr. Matt Gloviak, to the podcast. Matt came on the podcast way back in February of 2021 in episode 10, where we got into a lot of discussions about the the pandemic and some of the social unrest around the time. But I know a lot's changed in your life in the last two years, Matt. So how have you been? Oh, I've been well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Busy uh, with life. A lot has shifted since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. I've been teaching remotely with Southern New Hampshire University as well as Yorkville University. I do a lot of writing with choosing therapy. Uh, published a few books, one of which is a motivational uh, self-help book on finding your callings. A couple children's books I wrote uh, based off my experience with my children and such. T-ball coaching, balancing work life and family. You know, But the most recent change has been that of running for a village trustee in my hometown of Bolingbrook, Illinois. So a lot of really exciting things have been going on. It's been a really fantastic experience and I'm really loving getting back out there again now that things have eased up with the physical distancing from COVID and being able to meet new people, support groups of people, and just doing what I love most. It's been really exciting. Matt, tell the listeners a little bit about your personal history with the Village of Bolingbrook. So a little bit of my personal history with the Village of Bolingbrook is, hey, well, I was born and raised out here, so I've been Bolingbrook uh, resident since 1983. Well, I actually lived here in my hometown, uh, even throughout my undergrad years. I would come back in the winter and summer breaks from University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana. You know, I had a couple of other places. I lived and had a condo in Yorkville, Illinois, for a few years while I was working through graduate school. But in 2015, Moved back out here, found the perfect house uh, to get our family started. And since then, uh, just been really trying to make a mark in the community I've had uh, since 2015. I, my first job was at Benedictine University, teaching in their Master's of Clinical Psychology program. As a matter of fact, our first child, Matt Jr., was, we went into labor the day, uh, my first day of teaching. So that was exciting. And just since then, we've had two more children, you know, Malia, who's five, and I have my uh, youngest one, Mallory, who's two, and she's our pandemic baby, the silver lining of the pandemic for sure, but just really trying to reconnect a lot more uh, with the community here and so on. When I was a youngster, I was involved in many organizations, 
National Honor Society, band, I was in track and field, student government, pretty much you name it. I was involved in a lot of these different organizations, but really appreciated the volunteer opportunities they had to go out into the community. And I remember National Junior Honor Society in eighth grade, uh, what I did for that volunteer activity was at Meadowbrook Manor Nursing Home, uh, located over there on uh, over there on Remington, and that was a really great experience. Being able to serve the community it was even in a little <laughs> commercial that they shot uh, way back when, uh, where I was serving an ice cream cone to some people, and then even getting to do things later on uh, with National Honor Society. We would go to events at the Levy Center. Would do different things like Big Brothers, Big Sisters tutoring programs. Um, you know, going out collecting food for food drives, all these different types of things. And now, fast forward later on into my life, you know, I've been doing a lot of work with mental health. You know, I've been a mental health professional since 2010. And they say I got my doctorate at tail end of 2014 and 2015. So I do a lot of presenting. I do a lot of writing. You know, I go into the high schools, give presentations there at assemblies, you know, meeting with smaller groups of folks, being able to help them out with whatever matter is at hand, and just trying to do my best to spread the mission of mental health here uh, locally in my community. So for a few years, I did have from 2019 to 21 Mental Health Matters uh, with Dr. Matt on Bolingbrook Community Television. And that was a really great show where I would invite local guests to be able to come on, you know, speak to some of the things that either they were doing actively in the community or perhaps. Uh, share some of their journey with mental health addiction and so on to be able to really inform the public because this is you know, an important thing that we see here. There's a lot of stigma on mental health and addictive disorders. You know, with the pandemic, we've seen increases in you know, incidents and prevalence of mental health disorders, addictive disorders, domestic violence, suicide, and so on. And so we've got a long way to go. And a big part of what I want to do is continue spreading that awareness, but also connecting people to valuable resources. So there's some of the many ways I've been actively involved in the community, top of also being a T-ball head coach and head umpire on the board. And that's been fun with my kids as well. So trying to make my mark. Dr. Matt, what changed when we, we talked two years ago and you could listen to that podcast in the archives? What changed internally for you that made you decide you wanted to run for office? You know, I, I really appreciate that question. That's one that's very close to my heart. Um you know, growing up, I've always been somebody with big dreams. I always wanted to shoot for the moon, felt like, you know, anything was possible. And when I was a younger person, I was always fascinated by the presidents, particularly Abraham Lincoln. And it was as a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, it'd be really great to be president one day. And that was my dream after I wanted to be an astronaut. But my dad told me I couldn't be one because I had bad vision. So I was like, oh, on to the next thing, no astronaut. Why not be president? And it was funny in middle school, I was actively involved in a bunch of different clubs that they had there. You know, you go through the eighth grade yearbook, you see them in all these different types of things that I love. So it was always ambitious, you know, always social, trying to make strong relationships with people and that. And my nickname in middle school is President Gloviak, supposed to be 50th president of the United States. Um, but then, you know, what happened is I got older, became more realistic and saw a lot of politicians about the money and the power and, you know, started to shift more toward the health professions and so on. And, you know, there was a lot, to be honest with you, George, it was really discouraging for me when it came to politics and I removed myself pretty far from it and, you know, kind of laughed at my childhood dream of wanting to become a president. Like, well, you know, I'm not that type of person. I don't really see how I can fit into this crowd. And I'm just so appalled by what I'm seeing around me that I want to stay as far away from it as possible. But then what started happening in the 2020, 2021 area, 
and especially with a lot of the civil unrest, you know, we're seeing what happened with the insurrection at the Capitol, the way that we're handling the COVID-19 pandemic, the way that we're treating, you know, individuals, the LGBTQIA plus population, BIPOC population, and so on. You know, it's just, it's so disturbing and unsettling to me, to be completely honest with you, that I got to a point where I became so upset that instead of trying to remove myself from it, like, you know what? Put your money where your mouth is, Matt. You need to get involved with this. And a lot of what I'm doing as a mental health professional, I've been involved in the counseling associations. I've been president of different things, such as Chicago Counseling Association. I've been on the Illinois Counseling Association board, actively involved with the American Counseling Association, Chi Sigma Iota, you name it. And a lot of it is similar to what we do in politics. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, if I'm going to throw myself into the fire, you know, working with colleagues and other people in the field, you know, I really should take it to home because home is where the heart is and begin using my talents, using my passion, my interests and so on to be able to connect people to things that they really need and can benefit from and so on. So that's really how it ended up coming together. It was my dream as a youngster. Then I became appalled and tried to remove myself as far as possible. And then I became literally disgusted and said, I have to do something. And boom, here I am. And I feel very fortunate that along the way too, really made some great connections with people. And I found those such as my running mate, Sheldon Watts, who's currently trustee at the village of Bolingbrook, you know, who do share similar mission and values, who are there for the right reasons, who do want to make a difference and who actively listen to what is being said and come up with intelligible responses, but not only intelligible responses, but follow through in meaningful ways. And that makes all the difference and something I'm so proud to be a part of. Matt, what have you learned about the village since you've been a candidate on the campaign trail that you didn't know before? You know, there's quite a bit that I've learned about the village along the campaign trail. And, you know, I do want to preface what I'm going to say with, you know, I wouldn't live in the village of Bolingbrook if I didn't think it was a great place to live. I mean, let's get that straight first and foremost. Um, You know, growing up, there was the entire motto, you know, Bolingbrook, a place to grow. And I remember, you were a very young community that was up and coming. And I remember even being in, you know, Cub Scouts in elementary school, and we put together this Bolingbrook rap. And I remember there was this part where we were talking about all the things the community had to offer. We were singing about a police station and fire station. And, you know, little types of things that we had that were you know like our town hall and different community services you know there wasn't all that much you know i remember in bolingbrook we had there was a kmart and then menards came in there were a few restaurants family square was the big one at the time and you know over the years the town just expanded to something substantial we've got the promenade mall now we've got all these uh, local businesses and major businesses as well. We've got our corporate area, you know, our community has grown over 75,000 residents. It's just really impressed me. And the diversity has been something that I really appreciated, especially growing up because a lot of the things that people face, you know, I didn't see when I was growing up. So very sheltered. And that was a major slap in the face as I got older and learned the reality of the world. But fast forward to where we're at now, you know, again, I was happy in 2015. We're starting our family. I wanted to move into this community because I thought it was great. But, you know, aside from all of that, you know, there are some of the things I'm learning as I'm going along the campaign, you know, that some voices are not being heard right now. You know, we're going to different types of events. You know, people are showing up. 
you know, doing social media posts, taking pictures, introducing themselves, but not always having that follow through piece or having sensitivity in the interpersonal communication while you're working with diverse groups of people and ensuring that their voice is appropriately heard, that we are addressing them according to the way they want to be addressed, that we are meeting those needs. Because as I said, the mental health needs of the community, of our nation, of the world, you know, that's an everybody type of issue. We all vary in mental health, you know, various points in our life, we have more challenging or less challenging types of times, you know, and this is something that is a major need in the community. And it's funny, because as I've been doing some of the door knocking, introducing myself at uh, different places and so on, you know, it, there, there's been a big shift. I felt like years ago, when I would introduce myself as a mental health guy, people <laughs> don't analyze me, man, you know, and try to run away, didn't want to talk to me. You know, I'd go to different community fairs, whether it was local or outside of this town, and you'd have the mental health table, people were reluctant to stop by, maybe they'd grab a flyer and run away. But now, right now, when I say I'm the mental health guy, it opens up the conversation. I may introduce myself as somebody who's running for village trustee, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm not interested in politics and so on. I'm like, well, can I have just give me 30 seconds, please, to share a little bit about what I do. And then I do. And that opens up the conversation. Wow. You know, how great would it be to have somebody who actually understands people, somebody who's connected to people, you know, to be able to support us in these very meaningful ways. And there's a lot of need out there. There's a lack of resources. Uh, there's a lack of connection to the resources, even to the ones that are readily available. So I'm seeing that we need to put things in front of people a lot better. Um, you know, we really do need to consider where you were spending tax dollars and so on. I think Bolingbrook does a really good job with it overall. You know, but there are certainly some things that we could do to reallocate to be able to be more supportive to the community needs that we see here. You know, I really you know want to see us expand the food pantries and know that we, there's been talk about bringing one to the local community and so on. And you know, just really being able to push that support out even further to people. And you know, even speaking. I remember I was speaking, um, you know, in a retirement community and they were sharing some of their concerns and being, you know, senior citizens and so on and feeling, you know, a bit left out. I know that we do have different local services. We've got the Levy Center and we really do try to outreach. It would, they would even say, yeah, we're supposed to get these care packs that we didn't ultimately receive or, you know, there's certain services, you know, I was going to uh, one place, I was speaking to one man and just talking about like the library, you know, we've got one of the best libraries there are, but the hours end at six o'clock on the weekend and the kids don't have anywhere to be they have tests to study for and so on you know those types of things so just trying to work on accessibility a little bit better you know but also responding to some of the stuff because i have heard from some some discriminatory types of remarks that they've heard from other people which really broke my heart you know i've heard a lot of you know yeah you know people are saying they're supporting us and they're you know promoting our flyer and so on but then nobody's attending our event you know these types of things i really think that we could work on a lot better um as a community and i think part of it is going to really be tackling these issues head on talking about mental health talking about addiction head on talking about diversity equity and inclusion head on not saying that we're going to do something about it not sweeping it under the table but having that difficult conversation about what it is like to be you know a white male of privilege you know trying to support individuals in an allied type of capacity these are difficult conversations and what goes into it is also difficult dedication and this is the type of stuff i really want to commit myself to and i think a big area that we could do a lot better a lot better i'll say that Matt, you have, you and Trustee Watts have some opposition. Can you talk about why the voters should pick 
your group as opposed to the current opposition? Absolutely. Well, you know, with the current group who's in power, they've been for a very long time, you know, even since my early childhood, you know, all I could really remember is, you know, the political party that's currently in power, you know, being there. And as I said, I think a good job was done, you know, overall with what we have here. You know, however, I think a big difference between, you know, um, their party and what we've got going on here with ours is, you know, again, being able to facilitate that sense of connection, doing so authentically genuinely you know having the knowledge of what is going on with some of the populations that are really struggling right now as i said you know being a white male i can't share that i had the same experience as some other people who have been dealing with oppression discrimination and so on you know but with my education you know going out and communicating with diverse people embracing diverse people celebrating it and so on you know uh, that's really been something that's helped me become extremely informed and in understanding what it looks like to be an ally and being somebody who can actually follow through with that instead of just saying it so i think a big difference there really is being able to have the knowledge being able to have the you know, in terms of the experience, having the interpersonal skills, you know, to be able to see these things uh, follow through here accordingly. You know, another major part of what I've got going on is that I have spent much time, you know, I love writing, I love presenting. Over the years, I like to believe that I've become more articulate. I am very comfortable speaking in front of large crowds, 150, 500 people, sending out these podcasts to numerous people. You know, I'm very difficult to speak about topics. And I think that's another area where Sheldon and I do have an edge. You know, when we do go out into the public or we're sharing, you know, some of our thoughts on different topics, you know, very rarely is what we have is what we have scripted. You know, we are speaking genuinely, you know, what we're feeling there in the moment. If I'm at a campaign event or a fundraiser or something like that, I'm getting a feel for what's going on in the crowd. I take what I've gathered from the energy there with everyone there, and that's what I'm putting back out to everybody. It's not something where somebody's writing this for me or, you know, I'm trying to memorize something and I'm not able to connect it can actually speak to that. I'm going to have it true in the moment to what people need. So that's a big part. And the other piece too, if you take a look, you know, I'm the one who's been born and raised in Bolingbrook. Again, home is where the heart is. I love this place so much that I did move back here to start my family. So I've seen this community all the way back from the point when I was born. I know 1983, it's not like I'm, you know, the, you know, like I've been around forever, you know, but I'm, I'm around. I turned 40 here uh, this year. So I've seen the community grow and I have some longevity with the community and i've seen you know some of the areas that have been really great i've seen a lot of the areas for opportunity and i think that having that history with this community too and having this passion for the community means i would be somebody who's very driven to be able to follow through and another part with it as well is you know a lot of what i do i know sometimes you know people look at me like oh remote education you know you're teaching online all the time you know but i am doing live classes with students i'm connecting with diverse people i teach people in different countries like i said one of the universities i'm at uh, where i'm faculty lead you know is in canada and many of my students are from the middle east they've migrated out to canada so i'm working with students who are international i'm working with students all over the country i'm writing with people all over over the country i'm doing these presentations with people all over the country so i have this network it's a lot different it's kind of an outside in type of network and one of the things that i've done really well as a mental health professional is be able to connect people to the appropriate resources so while i know in the village of bolingbrook you know people who knew me growing up out here definitely you know, they know who i am you know and more recently you know reestablishing the name doing the work again with t-ball and running for office and putting my work out there and so on you know trying 
trying to do that, but there's a lot that I could bring into the community in terms of the resources they have, you know, on the state level, the national level, international level, and so on to really do something special for this community. And I think that that's something, and, you know, I can't say for a matter of fact type of thing, but I think that's something special that, you know, I bring that's going to be a big unique to this uh, election. Dr. Matt, tell the audience not about two books that you recommend, but two books you wrote for kids. <laughs> well, thank you. I really appreciate that. So I did. I'm very excited. In uh, 2022, I had the opportunity to self-publish uh, two children's books. I actually wrote several years ago. Uh, the first one was The Dinosaur Door. Uh, so The Dinosaur Door is a little adventure story of two children who are, who are my first two borns, Matt and Malia, um, who are reading a bedtime story. They fall asleep and they go into an adventure dreamland full of dinosaurs. And so there's all sorts of different dinosaurs. It has a little rhyme in it. And uh, goes through numbers and, you know, celebrates diversity with the dinosaurs and the children and so on. And it's a really nice uh, little way to be able to send the children to bed and uh, be able to learn to count and so on, as well as some of those more complicated dinosaur names. And when I was going through and I was writing the book and editing it, I was asked to include phonetic spelling. So for those parents out there who may struggle with the dinosaur names, phonetic spelling is in there for you. And then also uh, the second one, which is near and dear to my heart, is Good Morning Sunshine. Um, and that one was written you know, about my wife, Megan, and son, Matt, uh, kind of close within his you know, first couple of years of life. And, you know, just a simple day, a, sim a simple day of pleasures with your child. You know, too often in life, you know, we take for granted, you know, the time we have with our children. I mean, being a parent is an extremely difficult uh, thing. You know, the late night screaming and wake-ups, diaper changes, you know, planning their meals, taking them to different events. And, you know, as an adult, we've got our lives too. And sometimes it's easy to become frustrated and world of work-life balance we continually talk about um you know and we sometimes just put our kids off to the side or we don't take the moment to extend gratitude to that special day so that book is really paying homage to that special day that you have with your child and you know back to the dinosaur door one i forgot to include this piece but what was funny about that one is matt and some of his earlier words when he was starting to speak uh, he's really into dinosaurs. And this one day he was mumbling dinosaur door, dinosaur door. And I looked at Megan and I'm like, Wait, what exactly is he saying? It's a dinosaur door. I was like, that's interesting. I, I wonder what in the world that is. She's like, well, you love to write. Here's your opportunity to put something together. And so I did. And I wrote this down and, you know, I just started reading it to him every single night. And even though it had no pictures, I just had on my iPhone and was, you know, reading it to him for eight months straight. He had to hear the dinosaur door and absolutely loved it. And so that was a really special one. And as I've said multiple times, writing is one of my favorite things. Yes, it's both work and self-care for me. And what really kicked off my passion for writing was writing poetry. And so it's nice to be able to bring that back, especially when I'm always writing about, you know, severe psychiatric issues, addiction, some of the doom and gloom stuff. To have something lighter and show you know a little bit of my child side and love for poetry here. Dr. Maklovic, tell the listeners when the election is and how they could find you on the internet if they wanted to learn more about you. Absolutely. So the election is going to take place on April 4th and there is uh, early early voting. It begins in late March. So you can go ahead and do that at the Fountaindale Library. I do believe that they've already been sending out some mailers um, indicating when and where individuals who are residents here are going to be able to vote. I uh, heard from my parents, their names on the ballot. So it's definitely a good thing. So we're all set to go there. Um, ways to be able to contact me here. I'll give you a few. Our platform page is Bolingbrook. Bolingbrookindependentvoices.com. 
So it's all one word, BolingbrookIndependentVoices.com. And there you'll be able to get some really great information. I'm a running mate, uh, current trustee for re-election, Sheldon L. Watts. Uh, you can also find me at my personal website, CounselingByGloviac.com. So that's all one word as well, Counseling by Gloviac. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I have a Matthew Gloviac for Bolingbrook page on Facebook. And if you want to reach me directly, you can send an email to dr.mgloviac at gmail.com. So it's dr. Period M-G-L-O-W-I-A-K at gmail.com. And I will do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Dr. Matt Gloviac, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity, George. Bye. Bye. Need more George? Like his pages on Facebook. Friends of George Brassy PAC, Fifth Ward Business Alliance, Chicago Heights Bicycle and Pedestrian Resource Center, and the George Brassy Podcast. Begin to transform your life and work towards inner peace with expert psychotherapy. At True Heights Treatment, our experienced therapists provide personalized, compassionate care to help you overcome life's challenges and reach your goals. Whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationship issues, or other mental health concerns, our team is here to support you. With a warm and welcoming in-person and virtual office atmosphere and a commitment to person-centered and evidence-based treatments, we are dedicated to helping you address your life's challenges. Contact us now to schedule your first session at 708-248-7039 or online at trueheightstx.com. Book your appointment today and start your journey towards a happier, healthier life. Need more George? Like his pages on Facebook. Friends of George Brassy PAC, Fifth Ward Business Alliance, Chicago Heights Bicycle and Pedestrian Resource Center, and the George Brassy Podcast. Mm-hmm.